Welcome to Mixed Reviews with Allison and Aubrey. This is a black film review podcast by two mixed race sisters. And we're working to catch up on the culture. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our first episode. It's super exciting. Episode of the new podcast because we threw the old one away. So we did. We definitely did. Yeah. Um, Why did we throw it away, you ask? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Grace Spaces was our first podcast. If you're new to us as people, we had a podcast before Mixed Reviews called Grace Spaces. And it was about nothing in particular, which was the issue with it, I believe. I think the issue was that it was actually about everything. It was about all the things, you know? Yeah. And so when we looked, when we, uh, we took a hiatus to sort of see, like, what was working about it, what was not, and we realized that the majority of our uh, episodes were actually movie reviews, and I was like, I think we just want to be a movie review podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, at least half of the content was, like, us talking about movies or talking about subjects and lifting off of that movie, essentially, and also putting movies in order from best to worst a lot. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, like, that's kind of where we had the most fun. Yeah, let's just commit to the thing that we clearly want to do. So, um, but a little bit about us, if you didn't know us from Gray Spaces. Uh, like we said, I'm Allison, and I'm the oldest of four girls. We actually have two younger sisters as well. Um, but Aubrey and I are the two oldest, and I'm the oldest. So, um, and... I spend most of my, I'm actually a graduate student right now, and I study black performance and black art. Um, I have a master's in African and African American studies, and I hope to eventually direct black opera, and yeah, we're both kind of in the creative arts scene. Um, Aubrey, what do you kind of do? Oh, and I, uh, I live in Lawrence, Kansas. Right. Lawrence, Kansas. Yes. I am currently a graphic designer working in, where do I live? Well, right now I live in Oakley, California. I will be moving soon to some other part of California, (laughs) but not sure where that's going to be yet. And yes, California is on fire. I'm all right. For the most part. Is that just like the I, first thing everyone asks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the f- ones that don't live here, yeah. Because they see those pictures of the the orange sky. And I'm like, yeah, there was a day of orange. That's how that happened. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild. It's really just a wild time in general. It, it really is. Yeah. And like, I wasn't working for about six months after COVID hit, uh, but I just started my uh, old job up again, like I said, as a graphic designer. I went to school for illustration and communication design. I have a BFA in illustration. Um, So I do do freelance illustration on the side. And yeah, I've been living in California for a little over three years now, I believe. And I'm also from Lawrence, Kansas. Did live there for a little while too. It's the worst. If you want to sign a petition to make Aubrey move back to Kansas, please let me know. Because <laughs> Kansas done. is the place to be, I right, hear, just, these days. So I mean, magical. to be fair, it's not on fire. Um, much more affordable living. <laughs> so it is. It's actually it not is. horrible. It's actually it's not bad since Kobach left, but now Kobach is like an actual murderer in, in D.C. But this mm. is getting into politics that only a couple people are gonna know probably so yeah um so yeah that's a little bit about us <laughs> that's a little bit about us um for we actually have a, a list of movies that we're working off of uh we've created a list for this season uh we have consulted with what two black people <laughs> for the list that's how many true. people have we <laughs> Who else did you talk to about the list? Um, I talked to maybe like four or five friends. Okay. And was like, what are the movies that you're embarrassed to be my friend with? Like, like 
like yeah. what are the movies that you're like oh my god this mixed girl is sucks like and because i haven't seen these movies right and they're like let me tell you because it's embarrassing <laughs> no, it's like, okay, <laughs> you're like great thanks yeah um plus i like looked up some you know just lists of like oh yeah we definitely uh did research to see like which would be the best movies and also the movies that we have not had the opportunity to see and movies um, i've wanted to see like some of these i'm like i've wanted to see i just haven't you know gotten around to it or whatever and um yeah it takes me so long to watch new things especially if people tell me to watch it because then i'm like well fuck you i'm gonna take four years to do what you tell me to do yeah so. i think it's just easy to be like oh i love the movies that i love and so i'm just gonna be nostalgic and keep watching those movies and over over and over again we're very much people that like can watch the same movie a hundred times so yeah. this is hopefully just gonna be a super fun time of us uh learning more about black culture through cinema like we're both in the arts and um like Aubrey said during the trailer, we just grew up, we grew up in Texas and we just really, I, I didn't really know other black people that weren't like related to me. It was very isolating oh, yeah. in the sense that we, there just weren't a lot of black people. And when I say a lot, there were no black peers, um, in our, while we were growing up in the place that we did. So we didn't really have a lot of access to black culture, the music, the movies, um, all that, all that good stuff. We just didn't have it. And so now that we're adults and, uh, we live in not predominant, predominantly black places, but, um, I know my culturally diverse for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like the people I spend time with are mostly black and mixed people. And, um, it, it, it's a bummer to not understand, um, these references and not understand the movies but it's not really anyone else's responsibility to teach us and it's our responsibility so this is us doing that and hopefully that'll be fun and um hopefully even if you know these movies really well you'll learn something about it that you didn't know or you'll have it'll have like a different insight from someone who's watching it for the first time and we did ask some who what our first movie should be, and the winner was Friday. Yes, 1995, <laughs> Friday! Like, this is one that people are so irritated if you haven't seen it. They're just like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I know, I'm yeah. sorry! So, I was really pumped to see it, and um, what were your first thoughts? What did you think? Of the film, or like before, had I seen it before? Yeah, I mean both. Have have you seen it before? And I had not watched it before. I had seen scenes of it before on the the only like black friend I ever had in high school. I was at his house and it was on, so I saw scenes of it. But I'd only ever seen like I just remembered the ending scene, which is quite like a I guess intense scenes so I thought the movie was not a comedy I thought it was like a serious movie <laughs> so, which was not the case not, I'll tell you that not the case right now um, yeah, I, had, I think I only had seen it through like memes like I hadn't I don't even remember if I've seen like full scenes from it um oh yeah people use the gif of the two damn. main characters yeah the yeah damn. And yeah. then the by Felicia as well, I've seen with Craig's face. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it was definitely filling in some blanks on like some cultural references that I've never gotten. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, context. Honestly. <laughs> Quenching my thirst for context. <laughs> Fuck it, honestly. Um, so yeah, and and I really, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it and everything, but I'm not gonna lie, I, I like this movie. Like, I'm, I'm excited for critique, but um, I'm glad that it's not, like, some movie we have to, like, rip apart. I was like, this is a really solid, great movie. Oh, um, yeah, it was definitely solid. Um, so, should we get into some stats and just general information about this real quick? Stats... So, uh, this movie came out in 1995, like I said. It's directed by F. Gary Gray, who eventually... This was, like, his first um, film. He had directed a couple of music video... Not a couple. Like, a, he was known as a music video director. And this was mm -hmm. sort of one of his big, like, 
okay, we're getting into movies. And then after that, he did, like, the Italian job and set it off. And straight out of Compton, like, a lot of his, you know, one of... He out he up there. Yeah, he's definitely up there, especially for black directors. So, um, the writers of this film were Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. And uh, for those of you, I'm sure... For those of you that don't know, he's also plays the character Red um, in this. And apparently they were a little irritated that, like, he didn't get a larger role. And I could see that because he was so funny. Like, <laughs> What, just that the character Red? Or they're annoyed that the... He, no, the, he, the, like, the studio didn't allow him to get a bigger part in the film, even though he wrote it. And so, like, Ice Cube and... Um, like Ice Cube was at least a little irritated that they didn't like completely utilize him the way they sh- they should have, but they wrote it, yeah, and they didn't let him like play the big role. That's annoying. Okay. Yeah, it is <laughs> because again, his parts were some of my favorite parts. I was like, why is this so fucking funny? Like he was fucking funny, <laughs> which is interesting. I wonder if he wanted to get to like have the role of Smokey. I, and I, I, I'm just speculating now. I don't, I don't know this. And they gave it to Chris Tucker for other reasons. I mean, Chris Tucker was still young too. He was only like 22. So it was like he was like a big name or anything. Nah. At that point, so I don't know. Um, some other people, yeah. So we kind of already said that, like Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. I mean, everyone was in this film. Regina King, Lots. Nia Long, um, the guy that plays. Um, uh, the voice in the Boondocks. The Boondocks, <laughs> Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I recognized his voice first, and then was like, I "Yeah, the voice is very, very distinctive voice that man." Has. It really is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, I guess let's just go ahead and. Get in it, I guess. So get into the movie. So what the fuck happens? So the opening scene, um, or the opening credits start, and I think it's just a, such a great scene of just like really establishing who your characters are. We see mom, we see dad, we see Regina King, we see sister, we see our main character. We we see we get the whole crew there i think that's also where some of the most like some of i mean this film is just so iconic but some of those like really great iconic parts are right in that beginning scene with like him getting the giant bowl of cereal and like there's not any milk (laughs) i really love regina (laughs) king like trying to sleep without putting her head on the pillow i was like girl Yeah, it's just (laughs) very, like, relatable morning, and he's just getting up, and we see how each character interacts with each other as well. Um, Clearly, the dad is not impressed with his son. Um, We find out that his uh, main character, Craig Ice Cube, has just recently lost his job. The dad's, like, not happy with him, gives him a long speech that goes in a hundred different directions but bottom line is he's not happy with him yeah yeah it's uh the the relationship between the dad and the and craig is unique and i think it's just sort of setting up like what those conflicts are going to be later and that resolution that's going to come at the end um Mm -hmm. and then we meet all of our other like like we meet felicia she pops in and sort of establishes that she's like annoying to the rest of them she's like comes in asking for a microwave and i'm like girl Oh. Yeah, she wants a whole ass microwave. And when we first see Smokey, he kind of just pops into Craig's room, which is actually when they basically immediately establish the gun, um, as well as Craig's feelings towards the gun. He clearly sees it as like a toy because he points it right at Smokey's fucking face. And he's like, yeah. hey, 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 I'll meet you outside. And I was like, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it really just sort of established how like, normalized having guns in that area was. Um, but I think that's what's also good about this movie is like the hood film was so like normal, like John Singleton had already really made hood films sort Mm -hmm. of popular and it was great to see a hood film, but as a comedy to be like, but there is love and joy and like relationships 
within this scenario, you know? Yeah, and important relationships. Exactly. And so, um, but it has a lot of the same themes as these hood films, including like, oh, here's a gun. And let's, like, we're going to be tackling that. And- yeah, here's a gun. And as well as the underlying plot, which is basically trying to get money... Uh, get back the money that Smokey essentially smoked because he's smoking his own product. He's working for Worm, who is the drug dealer, and uh, he owes Worm $200 is the main conflict that's established pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing. Worm comes in and absolutely. And I was like, you were trapping out your mama's house? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> and so I'm just like, are you kidding me? Just ridiculous. Um... Uh, but yeah, so they they head off for the day, if and we find out that Craig was actually fired for stealing boxes on his day off. So he's just getting so much shit for getting fired on his day <laughs> off. But it's and it was interesting because I I felt like that whole little scenario, which just magically gets resolved at the end, like they didn't really put in a lot of work to like have a great resolution on that. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> But the, they, I felt like it was really talking to, like, white management and how quickly you're just, oh, well, you're a black dude, so you look like every other black dude, and you're just going to get fired for something that we have no proof that you actually did. Yeah, he was like, they said they caught you on camera, but they didn't actually show him the footage either. No, he they was didn't like... show the footage. And then later, um, Red comes in and says uh, that they were making fun of him and they were looking at the tape and they only saw the back of his head. So, like, yeah. he's like, it could have been you, but... Uh. No, we don't know. Exactly. So fucking frustrating. I was like, this is such... This is so closely related to so many experiences of black people. And I felt like they were able to bring up that issue in a way that, like, wasn't so serious. But, like, those are those can be life and death situations. For sure. And then he, he, uh, Smokey also asks Craig at one point, so is your dad talking about kicking you out again and he was like yeah because i don't have a job like he's his dad specifically said you either work or you go to school and if you don't do either of those two things you're not living with me <laughs> essentially yeah um we also get introduced to debbie uh running in slow motion I know she is like black Baywatch all the way. I was like, damn, I would be annoyed at like the objectif- uh, objectification, but you look so good. <laughs> she looked so good. And then for, what, did she show up before or after her sister, Felicia? Felicia shows up first. Felicia shows up first. Okay. Felicia, who is like sporting an old ass looking braid out and just Ooh. looking a mess. <laughs> And then her perfect sister <laughs> runs by in slow motion with her perfect little workout outfit. And they're just like, hey. And you can clearly see the different attitudes towards each sister. <laughs> yeah, you can see the uh, different reactions that the men have. But I love that between the two girls, they don't have any animosity. Um, especially because you really could have gotten into that whole dark skin, light skin thing with their situation. And I like that they Felicia's lighter than Debbie oh yeah like significantly and what I liked about it is a lot of the time when like especially like black rom-coms are trying to reverse it they're like oh well I'm into the darker skin sister or like I'm into the darker skin friend they make the light skin girl on top of it a complete bitch you know like oh yeah (laughs) it's like who could possibly like her anyway exactly I just like that she was like just a funny silly character instead of like being a bitch i was like mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> like, yeah, like yes hype up sure. me along but i appreciate not like just falling into the trope as well of light-skinned girls are a- assholes you know <laughs> so yeah so she runs by black baywatch all f- here for it and then so now they're sitting on the porch for the first time and basically this is where the whole movie takes place is on this porch, which is I I really love as a framing dynamic. Like yeah, it, I actually have like under my art tab here, I've written down Red House Purple Man <laughs> because I really like just the way that the whole when you look at how it's colored, the house is this bright red, and then Smokey is 
purple and Craig is kind of like neutral there and he's wearing just, purple? Yeah, no yeah, he's wearing like this purple thing. Oh, like the shirt. Okay. Like the uh just the scene and the way that it's colored and the composition of them sitting on like right out front of that house. I just think like visually also looks really good, which is smart given that a lot of the movie takes place in that exact spot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It felt um when you first said purple man, I thought you just meant like cuz sometimes black like African people, like they're dark. Oh dark my people. god, no! Like, he's girl. He's wearing purple. <laughs> he's wearing a purple shirt. I just want to clarify because your girl was confused. I was like, um, Chris Tucker is not that dark, but okay. no, he is not. <laughs> he's but wearing yeah, I think such a purple shirt. Point. And yeah. um, apparently, they like filmed on location, and like people in the hood were like irritated as shit. Like the neighbor that they were filming next to was irritated as fuck that they were filming there and so would like start singing really loud and be like this isn't a real movie anyway because you wouldn't be filming it here if it was oh my god <laughs> isn't that funny and so uh yeah so that was like on location for a lot of this stuff and um um yeah I, I think it was really like color wise it was really uh I just love just, this is why having black directors and black people behind the uh, lens is so important, too. Because they know what colors pop with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in um, Insecure, all the black people look so fucking good in that. Because they hire people that know how to shoot black people. How to light them. The yes. cinematography, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, it was a really great shot. And I, I love the framing of just having it, like, a, just one day, just to sort of peep into life in this area on this porch it felt you know what it was it felt very like fences like it felt like mm-hmm. a play you know like yeah. you only have one or two uh locations you're either inside the house or outside of the house mm-hmm. and then you just go in between those places and i think that's and the really characters great... and the outside characters like come to them basically Ex- to the further the plot they always like come to them Exactly. And it's it's just smart writing, especially when you know that you're going to have a small budget. Like, how to write yeah. a movie with no money? Done. Like, you have to <laughs> at a house. You could, like, if you really had no money, you could do it at your own house. You could just do this, you know? like. Yeah, for sure. So, first scene on the porch, and then that's when we also are introduced to, I guess, the second villain, because the first villain is Worm, who's the drug dealer they, uh, Smokey owes the money to, and then villain number two is Debo, who is kind of like the villain of the entire neighborhood, essentially, because right. he just be stealing stuff, and he has the best theme music I've heard in my life. I so. know, it's so Jaws-like, <laughs> I'm like... Okay, like, <laughs> fucking shark. I know, and uh, so the first thing that we have, but we see him do, is just this flashback, right? Yeah, it's the intro, like he, uh, the flashback where he knocks someone out, and then that kind of establishes him as the villain. Um, and then the I I just love the close-ups on Chris Tucker. He's like, you got the, you got knocked the <laughs> knocked fuck the out. fuck out. He doesn't give a fuck. I was like, dude, you got knocked the fuck out. I mean that was funny, but what I thought was funny was funnier was later when the guy gets out of the car and then Debo's like, "You want some of this old man?" and the guy's like, "No," and turns right around, <laughs> helps his friend up, and gets the fuck back in his car. I like the part where he's in the car and Chris Tucker's just looking at him. He's like, "He's gonna cry all the way home." I was like, "Oh, puppy." <laughs> yeah, that was hell sad. <laughs> oh, poor sweetheart. Um, so yeah, we get this sort of intro again. I think we're just still introducing more characters. Like now we have Debo yeah. and we have Red. We kind of see that conflict, and then um, um, what this wasn't Craig and Smokey go actually to Craig's mom's house, um, right, to smoke weed. Yeah, so they first meet um, Worm, and Worm is like where's my shit and he's like oh don't worry about it and he's like you don't you, you shouldn't be fucking me over don't mess with my emotions messing with my money is like messing with my emotions and they like reference him having a gun in the car but it's not until yeah. later that he like full out threatens him um but yeah so gotcha. that happens then they go to um uh Smokey's house and then his mom is like go get me some cigarettes so they're like great then they go yeah. to the convenience store 
the, the black-owned convenience store. The black-owned <laughs> convenience store. And the first thing that happens is a Korean person pops up with the most, like, racist gong sound I've ever heard. I was like, I ooh. know. I was like, ooh, okay. But on the other hand, that is what these stores be like. No, it was a point that didn't necessarily need to be punctuated with something like that. I, know, I was like, <laughs> if you just cut out the gong, I would be completely okay with this. Yeah, like, then it would be funny. <laughs> just cu- yeah, cut I the gong, like, please. <laughs> yeah, just cut the gong. Like, yeah, that, I mean, even then, I'm not going to even begrudge them that much. But yeah, it's, uh, um, and I mean, even the uh, hair store that we go to with Angel and KC is Asian owned. Like, all these, all- oh, yeah. They own a yeah. lot of the, the hair. They own the convenience stores. They own the hair places. They own so much shit. And and then they, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of critique to be made there. But um, you know what? I think the movie just kind of did it on its own. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like there's a whole thing with that, but they did it in five seconds. Like I know, they had the black owned sign, pan down, there's an Asian man, and then that's the end of the point. It's like and points were like, made. <laughs> they, they said what they said. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, some other fun things at the, um, convenience store scene is we get a glimpse, we have a director cameo, which is kind of neat, I don't know, um, <laughs> Allison and her fun facts, <laughs> like my fun facts, <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, there you are, <laughs> um, Gary Gray, and, um, we also have that situation where we meet, I don't know if we're officially meeting Easel. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. And um, we met him earlier, but this is his first like bigger scene, and he pretends to be that he he pretends that he f- fell, he's, like, injured. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's the guy that goes around doing like odd jobs or acts to like get whatever money he can or try. I guess trying to sue random places for money and yeah. Exactly. So, um, all right. Then they're back home, and then we meet Mrs. Parker. Who is me? (laughs) (laughs) Who is Gulls? (laughs) Just want to look snatched as fuck, and I just want to sit in my lawn and water my dirt. I don't. I don't want to water plants. I don't want to water grass. It was just pure dirt, just soil, just nothing. I was like, you couldn't just put some grass on this lawn? Like, nope. Just. No. Just is what it is. And, um. Uh, and I was really okay with her, honestly, as well. I was like, I you know what? Honestly, <laughs> that's not. It's obviously a, a trope we all know. The, I guess, lonely housewife who dresses provocatively and walks around the neighborhood or is doing lawn work or what, bending over suggestively and enticing the neighbors and is villainized by the women of the neighborhood because she out there doing what her thing. But even in this, like Craig at one point says like, she knows what she's doing. Like she's dressed like that for a reason. It's like, yeah, bitch, she do. And she boards. (laughs) And she, if you want men to look at you, that's totally fine. So I I don't give a shit. Live your life. life. Water your dirt in your short shorts and call it a day. That's fine with me. Honestly. And and then uh, uh, the pastor comes. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Bernie Mac shows up. Yeah. The first thing he does is like say, oh, drugs are bad, but give me a little. For yeah, for his cataracts. cataracts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought the it, it was like a small but but very real critique of religion for sure because they had it with him and then at the very beginning where it starts off with the Church of Latter Day Saints um, women coming yes. in. It just really shows the hypocrisy. Yeah, because basically, because the hypocrisy with them was that they came to the door asking for whatever the hell, and Craig shuts the door in their face, and then they say, "Well, fuck you too," which is like not something you would expect yeah. them to say. So exactly, that's definitely a theme as well is the hypocrisy of religion, especially in these spaces, which we then later see that you know the pastor is. He runs over to Miss Parker's house after he gets denied the free weed. <laughs> yeah, which is like such a common theme, I think, in black literature and black um, art. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking 
in the blood by Suzanne Laurie Parks is a play and they have a pastor character who's very like committed to um wealth and economy and capitalism Mm -hmm. as he's preaching like you know but give to thy neighbor exactly exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i think this is a theme that's like that's going to show up a lot throughout this podcast honestly yeah um so they go back to craig's house to smoke um because craig's mom has gone to work and then cue the montage of smoking weed to Rick James's Mary Jane, <laughs> essentially. What's funny is the mom leaves and says the cable guy should be coming by, and we never see the cable guy. <laughs> There's no cable guy. She probably says that to make sure that her kid ain't going to be doing nothing stupid in the house. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, was, I just was thinking about it. I'm like, you know... Where was the cable guy? Where was he? You know, he could have really helped us out. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if that's a joke somewhere. (laughs) Hmm, Um, I don't know. Or I guess that makes sense. I mean, sometimes they say they're going to show up and then they don't. Honestly. So maybe that's a joke. Between the hours of 7 a.m. and 4 o'clock. Like literally. (laughs) Okay, okay, I guess I'll do nothing for the entire day to have you cancel. Cable guy never shows up. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then that's also when we see, well, after the montage the of the music, which that song was fire. I hadn't it is heard fire. that before. Um, yeah. Just to expose myself more. I hadn't heard that. Uh, at least, <laughs> at least in a while. It sounded vaguely familiar, but I was like, oh, I like this. And now it's in one of my playlists. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, when the we music meet. in this film is Oh, yeah. I love that. But it was definitely going to be. Like, the two writers are musicians and rappers and producers. Mm -hmm. Like, the music is going to be fucking fly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's when we meet Hector after that. And that's our second black and white flashback um, where Smokey goes crazy off their laced weed, essentially. I know. Who does that? (laughs) What a shitty thing to do. Well, they told him to slow down. Yeah, but they didn't tell him why. I was like, he has every right to be upset. Like, that's fucked up. Of course. He's like, fuck Hector. He's like, why fuck Hector? He's a cool guy. And he's like, no, he fucking isn't. He had to to sleep in the pigeon coop. Like, no. He said, he said like a slave. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I was in the pigeon coop, sweating like a slave. I was like, bro. Sweating like a slave. It's too much. My God. So fucking funny. I was like, sir. Sir. Um, so yeah, then we find out. So that's why we find out we don't like Hector. No, uh, we we like get him. back to normal day life. So Devo comes back. Devo. Yeah. I it, Devo. But yeah, I guess he's not coming back because we've only seen him in a fat flashback so far. So now we're finally actually officially meeting Devo, right? He comes oh, over. right. They immediately hide all their shit. They're, like, hiding their watches and stuff because he's a fucking thief. And then they're like, we don't have anything. So Debo's like, I, well, our, your neighbor just left, and he left the window open. So y'all are going to come with me. So he grabs Chris Tucker, and they go into his, um, uh, into the neighbor's house to steal some shit. Yeah, and this is also kind of the first time Craig has, like, a face-to-face interaction with Debo, and then Debo challenges Craig like I need you to watch the house for me and Craig is like he wants he says like no at first but mm-hmm. then Debo's like you're gonna do this and then Craig essentially submits to him which you know metaphorically submitting his manhood to Debo which yeah. is a theme <laughs> I'm like which is a theme of yeah, which, this uh which, which is his arc is some foreshadowing foreshadowing later <laughs> to put a pin in that for now if you don't remember what happens later Let's keep talking like this <laughs> but yeah just wanted um, to put that out there because it's like obviously he's the villain of the neighborhood but now there's stakes between him and Craig because Craig has deliberately submitted to him like to his face like he, you're not a man. His father told him he wasn't a man earlier in the day. And now Debo's telling him you're not a man because you're t- doing what I tell you to do. Honestly, this movie is so good. Like, it's so really <laughs> cleanly written. I, I just love a simple story where it's clean and he, there's a setup 
and it pays off. How many fucking movies are you watching nowadays that have a setup that go fucking nowhere? And you're like, do you know how to write a movie? Like, how about this- when we just watched The Fucking Firm with... with- <laughs> If you with Tom Cruise, this 1990s ass Tom Cruise film. This is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. And no just- payoff, no plot, confusion the entire time. You think it has potential in the end, and then you're just, and then you're left like I feel like nothing happened. Which is just like it just it's just a, such a um a clear difference between like what white films are going to get made and how they can be actual trash. But black films are so clean and good and yet, like, get these string budgets. Yeah. Shoot, get these like, shoe they had budgets. They had all the budget for that one. It was Tom Cruise. And then what happened in there? It's like they yeah. were... They, <laughs> you think that, like, somehow your movie is elevated because it's confusing? It's not. Okay. No, this is such a great, clean film. They set up something at the beginning, and you get it at the end. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Why is this a lot to ask for? It's just clean, and I just love it. Like, I love it. Um, So, yeah, we get our first meeting with Debo. Um, Oh, yeah, so they're coming out of the... uh, So, Mrs. Parker and the preacher... Mm. While they go, while Debo and Chris Tucker go into the house to go stealing, um, Craig is supposed to be watching, like, the coast is clear or whatever. And while that's, ha- uh, while he's doing that, the, Mr. Parker comes home and the preacher has to go run it out. Mm. And it's like a joke, but the <laughs> joke, the joke, unfortunately, is the little person which is yeah the punchline is outdated unnecessary what are you gonna do what are you gonna do (laughs) what are you gonna do um then the neighbor comes home who's very like carlton like you know yeah it's like get off my lawn but carlton and so they get out of the um or craig um whistles gets the signal they get out right right they made $200, or Debo made $200, and then he bounces. Mm-hmm. Great. Scene over. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Great. Scene over. <laughs> so then uh, Smokey smokes up Craig after that, correct? Yep. And I see here you put Craig is high, and he looks really fine here. <laughs> ice Cube? What? He did! <laughs> when he what when Ice Cube mean? was smoking... He looks so fucking fine in that scene. I was like, excuse you. <laughs> it was hot. I was like, Ice Cube is hot. Ice Cube can fucking get it. Yeah. Yeah. He was very cute in this <laughs> He's so young. Like, he did, right? Um, I mean, and that's just, you know, that's not getting into all the drama that he had in his life, you know, back in the day. <laughs> We're just going to... We just go gloss over that real quick, and because we got like half this movie left. later, and like I'm sure we'll get into it someday, but that's just not what we're doing right now. In conclusion, Ice Cube is hot, and then Debbie shows up while he's being hot, and no, Felicia comes first. Oh, Felicia comes first. Felicia okay. comes first, and that's when you get this like by Felicia scene <laughs> because. <laughs> She, she comes over and she's like, can I borrow your car? And she, he's like, no. And he's like, well, give me some weed. And she's like, get a job. <laughs> and then they're like, bye, Felicia. And I was like, oh, my God. I there understand it things. It's um, so nice to understand things. I know. I know. Then Nia Long comes over. Debbie. Allison <laughs> and- refuses to call her Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear her name. <laughs> Um, and I think basically the point of this part is that, um, we get the setup that Craig isn't to Debbie. And then we also get that Debbie is going to set up Smokey with her girlfriend. So he gets on the phone to schedule a date. And this is probably the, I don't know, this was an interesting scene he gets on the phone is like i want to take you out or whatever and 
He's like, what do you look like? And she goes, I'm light-skinned and thick, and I have long hair. And I'm like, why is the most colorist person a woman in this? Yeah, she's the only, like, it's it's definitely, it's said, but it's not shown in the movie. Which, I'm like, that's the way to do it. I'm like, that's not that we shouldn't talk about colorism. It's that don't use it in your movie as like and be colorist in your movie yeah, don't be like, in your movie but be critical of people that are colorist and that's what yeah. this was like she's she's using this as a way that's like making her supposedly more appealing more desirable, in it. and then yeah. the payoff is that he's like you're not which is shitty for some reasons but like i see where yeah. it comes from because she's mm-hmm. being shitty and dishonest about her shit and try yeah, to use for colorism sure, for sure. to appear more attractive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also we have uh craig attempting to flirt with debbie in the living room which he's bad at and he's um, like, oh, <laughs> shit. he's like are you high he's like oh am i he's just looking at his arms and he like, looks like, at his arms gonna like and then he like brushes himself off and he goes do I still look high? And it's like, <laughs> why would you not look high still? I think like- this, this, it's also good because like this, but the, in this scene, like, like you were saying, there's not like so much animosity between Debbie and her sister, Felicia, because Debbie starts saying that she essentially stopped Debo from beating her like the other day. So, I mean, at the end, spoiler alert, <laughs> she goes up to Debo and she's talking shit to him because he's hit her, which shows like like she's done this before, you yeah. know, and it's not so much like obviously Craig, you know, at the end he triumphs and he kind of quote unquote rescues Debbie, but he doesn't really rescue Debbie like Debbie's done this before. She stood up to Debo before yeah. and she's rescued successfully her sister before. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really she, cool. She ain't no damsel either, so. <laughs> she ain't no damsel either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she leaves, but mm-hmm. then she comes back because she forgot her purse. Oh, yes. Is this and, where we meet his actual girlfriend? <laughs> and then we meet the actual girlfriend, who's, like, been sort of, like, an annoying joke the whole time. He, she keeps, like, calling the house and hanging up like a stalker. Yeah, just a just fits that trope of like the complete crazy girlfriend. Yes, because then it's a lot easier to discard her um, later, and you don't feel bad about it. Um, exactly. Didn't really appreciate. I mean, they. I feel like they kind of framed her as like ratchet, quote unquote, and the way. By the way, when she talks, the braids and the uh, nails compared to say Debbie, who's kind of portrayed as much more natural, quote unquote, and that he was just. And I'm like, and, and also his current girlfriend, whose name is Joy, had every reason to be s- suspicious of Craig because he does want to go out with Debbie. So yes. at the end of the day. <laughs> No, like, was she wrong though? Like, women are crazy because you be cheating. Like, yeah, I was like, she knew. Uh, she knew. Yes. So, absolutely. <laughs> Just, I was not like, that you should be calling people up and hanging up and being creepy, but at the but same you time, you do crazy things when people are treating you like you're a crazy person and lying to your face. Yeah, exactly. It'll make you do crazy shit. And these are the kind of tropes that like. That men then turn around. I just hate going on a date. The one of the first things I ask when I'm on a date is, "So, how did you and your ex end? Uh, you know, like break yeah, up?" And the, the first thing it. you're saying is like, "Oh, she was crazy. I'm not going out with you again." Hell no. That's because red flag number one. Uh, lesson from me and Allison. <laughs> the guy yes. says his ex is crazy. Not sometimes. Okay, they can't. Men could be coming out of abusive relationships as well. But if he just says, oh, she's crazy, like, and very flippant about it, no. No, if you're, it, exactly. If this guy was abused, he's not going to just be like, that was it. Yeah. Oh, she was just crazy. Like, yeah. no, no, that's not how people talk about their abusers. So no, it's fucking not. So, <laughs> um, but it's tropes like these that help to uh, set up the kind of rhetoric Mm-hmm. And be dismissive of women when they're being when they're reacting in completely normal ways to your insanity. Yep. So yep, yep. yeah, how they treated her was probably the most like frustrating female role. 
Yeah. Yeah. For me. Her and, I mean, also, I would say, uh, what's her face? Uh, the one that's being Janet set Jackson. Up. Janet Jackson, yes. Wasn't the best punchline in either, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could have honestly just cut that entire scene and you wouldn't have gained or lost anything in the entire film. I mean, you wouldn't. It, it, it wasn't a plot point at yeah. all. It was I feel like it was joke. used to punish Smokey because Smokey's the one that started all this, right? He's been smoking uh, what he's supposed to be selling. And now he's gotten Craig into his mess, has actually put his life in danger, his friend's life in danger. The whole problem is something was caused by Smokey. So they punish him by at the end... The, his Janet Jackson turns out to be a plus size woman who was still very attractive. I so I, I was like, <laughs> so weird. But um, uh, a plus size woman who did who didn't have long hair had the uh, she took her hat off and it had like the one of those braid hat things, which yeah. was also the bald headed like punchline as well. Not yeah. my not my favorite either. So yeah, I feel like have, I feel like those two characters were the ones that definitely got done the dirtiest in this film. Yeah, I like definitely liked. A majority of the women here liked the mom for sure as well. I think yeah. they kind of subverted the mom's uh, role as well a little bit in the beginning when, you know, mo- mothers are supposed to be nurturers and they're cooking for their kids and stuff. And then, like, she makes that whole ass breakfast and he's like, oh, you're cooking. Can't wait to eat. And she's like, I made this for me. And he was like, what the yeah. fuck? But I did like, I, I thought, like, this was a good um, departure from some of the hood, some of the hood films as well. Where, like, mm-hmm. if these very strife-ridden family structures, but, like, this mm-hmm. was a very, you know, traditional family structure. They're together. The mom is yeah. clearly into the dad, which is funny because he's disgusting. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, you, the problem is you don't have game. Your father has game. And I'm like... And then he comes out having just, like, blown a load in the fucking... Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay. But, like, you can see clearly that everyone cares for each other. Even if it's, yeah. like, sassy and ridiculous. For sure, um, for sure. Okay, so... The girlfriend comes out of the... Uh, comes uh, to visit Craig while Nia's getting her purse. And then that causes a whole situation and then um craig is like let me deal with this woman they go inside for a little bit come back Which, out what happens i don't know Do they have she, sex nope she I, I have no idea she comes out and suddenly she's been tamed she's docile and exactly that's why i was like well he didn't like hit her or anything like she, no. hit, that's not craig and she doesn't come out she comes out like she's been refreshed as if they have literally just fucked so that's why I was Maybe like, they did, did they have sex? I don't know. But I assumed they would allude to that more. Would they? Maybe we if that down. was the like, point. All he said was, I'm gonna stra- he said, I'm going to straighten her out. And then they came out and she's like happy. So I'm like, She comes out sex? apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. So I'm like, what did he do? Maybe Sir? Maybe fuck. I don't know. I don't know. But so she's, um, she comes in mad. She ends up happy and leaving. You know, whatever. A dick can do that. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, yeah. But then he has the audacity to ask her for money. <laughs> and she almost gave it to him. I know. I was like, bitch, do not give that nigga $200. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, never give a man more than $20. Oh. Unless you are married to him. Like, what? <laughs> she was considering it. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Just fucking it ridiculous. Must be bomb. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, while this is going on, Smokey takes a shit outside of his own house. Like, yes. Some of these poop jokes, I was like, there's, there's like a few of them, you men. know, with the dad. And I was like, okay, so the, men wrote this shit. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is. You're like, whatever. and you were like, this was such a clean film, but uh. <laughs> like, it's cleanly written. I know, like, I know. It's most random, just like, ah, oh, Put some whatever. shit in here, why not? I mean, it was Fine. funny, but. <laughs> yeah, I would say it was humorous for people. <laughs> I would say it was humorous for people. <laughs> Why do That's... I not sound like I talk like a, a alien? Like an alien <laughs> Never, and it was humorous for say the human race, but yeah, for... I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, so then they have a dis. Uh, everyone's gone. It's finally just Craig and. Smokey again, and then they get into like 
what are we actually going to do? Because we got some serious problems. Because earlier, Worm came by again, but in the ice cream truck, and then was like, set down the actual plot and was it was like if you don't get my money by 10 then i'm going to kill you so now craig and Smokey are like well now that all that nonsense is done with the with the women folk let's go ahead and talk about what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) and so which i cannot believe they would even like consider thinking of anything else when their lives are in danger like that (laughs) I mean, these just these just be the everyday lives, the everyday <laughs> situations. Like, it's every day someone trying to kill you for two hundred dollars. Um, so the uh, Craig Craig goes inside and he's like, "I know how I'm gonna take care of this," and gets picks up his gun, and then the dad catches him. And right, one of the big themes that we're gonna be seeing again at the end that we'll probably go into more detail then about is you know you don't need a gun. You newer generation are fucking weak for not just doing it with your fists. Like, and didn't this remind you? I mean, it reminded me of West Side Story. Me too! <laughs> He's like, he bottles, say? knives, guns, guns. What a chew coop full of chickens. Oh, my God. <laughs> afraid to get in close? Afraid to use clean skin? skin? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, that's that's exactly what I thought too. And um, yeah, I was like, I don't know then, how I feel about this point. <laughs> I mean, again, I think it's a very classic black male concept of what is masculinity. Like he says, um, this is what's going to make you a man. You got to be a man. And this is how you got to do it. You do it through fighting. You do it through violence, which is very old school narrative like for but would there be less deaths were guns not so readily available and that is how people had to quote, oh yeah i think it's a problem. good point that you should not be using guns yeah like because most... then someone's dead with a click of a button as opposed to how long it can take to beat someone to death <laughs> if you're beating someone to death you have to really want to beat them to death like, exactly you don't accidentally beat someone to death (laughs) yeah that takes a lot of work and just getting one punch in is usually not gonna do it like no it's no so i think this is semi-solid advice and like it's a very anti-gun stance ethic yeah 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 which you know i'm here for less gun violence Mm -hmm. would be excellent and i think that gun violence is something that's completely left out of the narrative today within black communities like we talk about gun violence and we talk about, you know, schools getting shot up and stuff, but we talk about white schools getting shot up, you know? And yeah. what, I, what, I, what I think a lot of the intent of these hood films are, but it, but it didn't really do what it was hoping to do. And what's really great about this film is that a lot of those hood films that are like um, talking about gun violence and the violence that exists in these areas is, is why people are like, wow, that shit is terrible over there. Because yeah. those people are animals, and that's just like the bullshit that they do in their in their communities, and I think this movie helps to humanize those situations with joy and love and humor, and so it's not just like those are other people <laughs> that have those. Yeah, problems. and especially the dad catching him kind of also puts that moment and the gun violence into context. You know, yeah. like why is he reaching for this? Because his he is his life is. He believes his life is in danger, which yeah. probably, which is just a regular Friday for him. Exactly. My life's in danger. It's Friday. Like, that's kind of also the point. <laughs> so, exactly. So, yeah, it's an interesting scene for sure. Um, he and, he, and they even reference his uh, that his uncle was 22 and he's dead because of mm-hmm. gun violence. He was like, your 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 uncle had to make some decisions too. Yeah, he's like, I, death is already in the family. You know, I don't yeah. need this to be a cycle. I don't need this to be a thing again, Craig. Yeah, so. for sure. So, um, so they have that scene and he puts the gun down. So he puts the gun back in his drawer. Right. Yeah. So Red comes by, Hector comes by, who we've already met, and then Debo comes by. 
and Debo, again, steals from Red, takes his chain, and it's my favorite part, where he's like, man, my grandmother gave me that chain, and he, like, does this, like, run with his arms, and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. noodle arms. His arms become noodles as he runs to his car. It's so funny. I was like, why? I'm going to find that clip and make it the Instagram, like, uh, an Instagram post about it. It's so good. I'm just like... This is like oh, one of my favorite funny. parts. Um, so fucking funny. Uh, okay, so more stealing. Regina comes home. Great. Um, Mr. Parker's throwing out Mrs. Parker. Um, and then we skip yep. to Smokey's date, which we kind of already discussed a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, Janet Jackson or Rita shows up, and it's not. And the big punchline is, oh my goodness, you don't look anything like Janet Jackson. You're just fat, and that's hideous. That's the worst thing you could be. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> that's kind of a bummer used as a way to punish him, I believe, for his actions in the movie. And Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes over to Debbie's house and starts bitching about it. And that's when um, she tells Smokey that, her, that Felicia's sleeping with Debo. And that they're asleep right now. So mm-hmm. he is like, great. She goes inside and then he climbs through the window to try and steal $20 that they stole together from Carlton earlier. Carlton? Uh, <laughs> it's not his name, but he's like Carlton, basically. <laughs> Carlton with a lawn. Yes. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and um, he almost gets the $200, but then um, Azel comes in and is being a fool. And so he don't get the fucking money. So... <laughs> Fucking Azel at it again. I know. He's such a foil. Um, so, yeah. So they're back in the porch. They um, scream drive by. Everything's fine. Drive by happens. <laughs> yeah. Drive by happens, but like no one shot, which is great. Um, they hide in the house, and then dad comes in and is like, You need to stop hiding in this house. You need to get out. So they both leave, and then. The chase scene happens. Because um, I guess we just had to have that action, I guess. <laughs> yeah, got to throw that action in there. Otherwise, men won't watch the movie. <laughs> if there's if guns aren't shot at least once, if they're not running, we don't see cars going zoom, zoom, men will get bored. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see cars going zoom, zoom. <laughs> I'm man, and I need zoom zoom cars and explosions. Or if you're pitching this to, like, studio execs, this is the kind of shit they want to see. They want to be like, how many chase scenes? Like, there's actually, did you know that there's, like, quotas? Like, some people, like, won't, they, like, won't make action films sometimes if there's not this many car scenes or this many fight scenes. I imagine, like, I wonder what that quota is for, say, the Fast and the Furious. (laughs) Oh. Do you think it's about 85 um, different like, different Well, because they have a certain amount of, like, um, uh, ad dealerships. Oh, yeah. With... Car sponsorships. So, okay, yes. it's like we got, we have 3,500 cars we need to feature in this one movie. So how many, how many, how many can we explode? Which ones are they driving? Can this one just be in the background? <laughs> like Exactly. Like, that must be so, a nightmare. I'm not saying that's what happened in this film. I'm just saying, like. This was a little unnecessary. Um, <laughs> um, oh, they're getting chased by Worm, by the way. Worm, yeah. Worm has because come to do the deed. He's come to do what he promised he's going to do because he does not have his $200. So. Exactly. It's 10 o'clock. It is what it is. Did he actually not put the gun back in the drawer? Did he just put it behind him? He no, must I- not have put it back in the drawer because he got it. No, I think he took the gun when they, like, leave. When the dad comes in and is like, you have to leave to Smokey. Oh, okay. And then he's like, okay, I'll walk you home. And that's when the chase scene starts. And he has the gun. He has the gun. Yeah, he took the gun when he, like, went to walk Smokey home. Um, Okay, chase scene. And then um, Debbie comes out of her house. Yelling at Debo, being she's like, here to kill him. She's, <laughs> she's, she's snatching him. him. She's here to throw down. She's like, these other niggas might be fucking scared of you, but I'm not. You be hitting my sister like she, she's a man. Fuck you. Um, and then Debo, holy shit, hits her. She like, he 
knocks her out the frame so well that she doesn't come back until the last two seconds of the movie. Nope, just <laughs> down and out. Just done. Down and- for the count. Yeah, Craig doesn't, like, run to her and is like, girl, you don't No, get he nothing. didn't help her at all. <laughs> Why didn't he do that? He just goes straight into fighting. Like, that bitch, bitch is down. <laughs> like, what if she had a concussion? Like, what if she had to go to the hospital right then? Nope. Like, he's, he's just like... She's fucking good. She's gone. She. It's too late for her, apparently. So he's already avenging her at this point. Yeah, already, because already she's her. out of the frame. And then cue the corniest fucking fight I've ever seen. If you guys have ever seen a the original Star Trek, and if you've seen <laughs> Captain Kirk fight aliens with what was clearly no choreography, and they just told him to go for it, that's what this looks like. I mean, because that's absolutely what happened. There's no way they had, like, an actual fight choreographer there. They really were just like, let's just do a couple things. Even let's the just sound fight. effects were just like, pew, pew. It was like a, a whack. Like something yep. that you'd hear in Family Guy. A whack when you, they, when they <laughs> punched him. Like, yeah, it was it was pretty laughable. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> And then we get, so we get halfway through the fight. Oh no, we didn't even get there. So, uh, he's like going to avenge her and then whoops out the gun, remember? And then they like fake yes. you out with that pow sound, like the gunshot sound. Yes, and then we get a flashback of the movie yep. that we just watched. I love a movie with flashbacks from the fucking movie. As but it I hasn't been, happened. I just think it's strange. It hasn't been that long. This movie's not very long, guys. <laughs> I don't need a flashback no, of everything I just watched. There's a lot of movies watched. that do that. And I'm like, you don't have to pat this time. Like, it's it's fucking fine. <laughs> it's it's okay. They just wanted to fake you out, but didn't know how to, like, get out of that. So, um, yes. so he ends up being like, I don't need this gun. Then cue the fight. It looks like he's down for the count. And he's, like, uh, getting choked out by Debo. And mom's like... No, my baby! And Because the entire neighborhood is out there now. And Dad's Just like, watching them, yeah. No, no, let him be a man! Let him be a man! <laughs> it's a lot. And then, yeah, um, I guess he drops at some point. And then, in the end, Craig wins, punches him out. And then, um, that's that. So... <laughs> Yeah, gets the girl because um, I guess uh, Debbie's all right. She comes back. Yep, gets the girl. <laughs> She's like, come to my house tomorrow for some breakfast. Maybe this time she'll have some milk. And um, essentially, that's the end of the movie. Yep, breaks up with his girl at the end. And like, uh, and then he gets his job back at some point. Like, his dad <clears throat> says, like, I'm proud of you. And, um, oh, by the way, your job called. And they said to come in the next day. So, yeah. And it's weird because it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess the ending's fine. It just kind of like ends. Because it's, I feel like it's, it's always going to be hard to end one of those like in the day of kind of films when it doesn't because have Because like, it was strong... the end of the day, essentially. Yeah, it just, it just so. is what it is. Like, yeah. I like that he has like the clap on, clap off lights. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Okay. I literally, I just associate those with Bruce Almighty. Like, I can't get that. I really think of the commercials. The, like, old people commercials. Old people commercials. Yeah, I, they're usually trying to, arg- uh, like, target them to old people. Oh. Clap on. Clap off. Something like that. There's, like, a jingle. Oh. But, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the fucking film. So. That's Friday. <laughs> So overall, you liked the movie, yes? I loved the movie, honestly. I was like a little sad that I didn't know this movie, but I was beforehand, you know, so I could like have those nostalgic feelings about it because I could see why you would feel so nostalgic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a perfect film? No. Did everything age perfectly? No. Which um, will be the case with a lot of our the movies we pick because a lot of them will be older films because exactly. The whole concept is it's films that we should have seen, which means they may be a bit older. A lot of jokes might not land. Um, and yeah. that's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> it's time and space. Like, think you have to think about where the, the time and uh, place that these films come out of. 
and mm-hmm. um, it did some really good work, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, I think it's really, like I said, it's super clean, setup, payoff, just solid writing all the way through. Um, and I could, I could, I see the intent that the filmmakers have because of the time and place that it's taking place. Like, yeah, I see the arguments, I see the thesis, and. Um, I think that's really all you can ask for in a film, um, especially a comedy. I feel like comedies can be messy as fuck, and this just works. Yeah, and something you'll come to learn is me and Allison usually do not just enjoy comedies, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. We I don't pre- know why. I just... Because they're really, really bad. Because they they're, usually oh, yeah, they're are just fucking bad. <laughs> they're written bad. Like, they're poorly written, and the jokes are just mean. Or, like... You know, and yeah, again, this it's... had a little bit of that, but some of it was just like, yes, like this is, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah. Like, I just think, I think, yeah, when you say mean, that is definitely it because there's always like some character that's the funny one because they're just tearing everybody apart that's around them. And this is a common character in a lot of comedies I see today. And I'm like, this isn't funny <laughs> exactly like they they have someone just being a dick and being like oh that's comedy and i'm like no it's not i didn't dis i didn't hate anyone in this film you know like i could see everyone's point of view and saw all of them as people mostly you know like how the women were treated maybe was like very one-dimensional um yeah but like our main characters who were funny were funny and even the um women who were supposed to be funny were also funny like felicia was fucking funny yeah felicia miss parker <laughs> that was funny yeah so. miss parker the mom was funny mm-hmm. yeah this this is a good film i'm excited to like watch this honestly i'm like over and over again i'm, I'm excited to like now have this in my repertoire of just like great films to have you know yeah, just gonna throw it on you know while you're doing shit <laughs> it is a good movie to have while like you're drinking or like just hanging out with friends and being chill and like something you don't have to pay attention to too much but you're like this is a great movie yeah yeah definitely all right well that was our first episode thank you for joining us yes we hope you enjoyed our retelling <laughs> of friday and uh we do have new episodes every friday so be sure to tune in next friday for our next episode what movie are we doing i don't know <laughs> should we be telling people that <laughs> at the end of each one i don't know we'll we're gonna say no for this episode but maybe <laughs> but the thing is you you shouldn't know because if you want to know the movie early then you should tune in to movie mondays where we live tweet our thoughts about the movie of that week so um movie mondays on twitter you can follow us on twitter and instagram at mixed review underscore pod um and on mondays at eight we watch the film for that week and then on instagram live we have our um initial thoughts about the film um except for this monday that we're recording already <laughs> but yeah, otherwise every, every um please subscribe please review on apple and spotify podcast it makes a big difference for us um and thanks for coming to the movies with us thanks guys bye, bye. bye.